Welcome back to Tomboy Official. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my question, a question that's piquing my interest, um, is do Westerners, Western Americans in particular, and I can speak mostly towards the West Coast, like Southern California, because that is a cultural thing, like... For example, um, uh, unless you're from like a wealthy part of society, you know, in this area, in this region of the world, you know, unless you're from either like a Latino culture, Latinx culture, where you have like a quinceanera, Or if you're from, like, a Filipino culture with a debut, or the, or, like, a wealthy culture with a debut, um, debutante ball, we don't, you know, most people out here don't really have, like, a entrance into society kind of theme, um, too much, um, and if they do, I'm just not aware of it, but, um, there's kind of the sweet 16, but it's not really the same. I feel like those other types are more like a woman's entrance into society, usually surrounding the, um, idea that, you know, she's ready to, she's of age and ready to be able to start looking to date and marry, um, not at that age necessarily, but like, I think traditionally that's where that comes from. It's like, all right, she's good now. She's been trained in the culture and now she's ready versus before this point, she was still kind of a kid, kind of too young to be considered a woman kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I know like on the East coast, and then southern, you know, in the south, that's kind of more of a thing, too, uh, that people have those. Like, here, people don't tend to have that too much. Um, there's prom and stuff like that. Um, that's a little more common, a lot more common, I would say. But I don't think it's the same thing. That's more of, like, a school-related thing, I would say. Like, not because of academia, but it's kind of more of, like, a school social rite of passage kind of thing. Like, I don't know of anybody who has problems that it's not a problem related to school, unless you're going to a um, queer prom, which a lot of those happen later in life, and people go as adults. Um, Or not. Like, they might be still younger, like 18 or something, but they just prefer to go to a queer prom. Um, but I've noticed that in my lifetime, queer prom has become a thing that happens. Um, because a lot of people didn't go to their prom, or they went and didn't go with the person they wanted to go with. Or I went to a banquet. We had formal banquets because they didn't do proms, because it was a religious school that didn't do dancing. Um, and so we had a, a formal um uh formal 
could call it. A formal banquet, basically. I think it was just, like, dinner and some kind of entertainment there where you dress up in, like, formal attire. And I did wear a dress. But anyways, um, I'm saying all that to say that, like, you know, I guess the question is, does Western society have a good method of training uh, people to become adults and find and establish healthy relationships for their future. Whether that's friendships or partners, some form of partners or marriage, I know everybody kind of does their own kind of thing, so I don't want to be like exclusive to the fact that not everybody's just trying to find one spouse and marry that one person forever. Um, I know that that is a lot of people, I'd say the majority of the culture is kind of looking to do that. Um, that tends to be most people's main goal. Um, and I, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but I kind of question it sometimes though, just because the divorce rate is so high. I wonder if, if it's related to, I don't, I've heard this a little bit before, but I've never really studied it. Um, people say that it's not really human nature to want to stay with the same person all forever till death to do them part because um, people change over time. And I, I kind of look at that and I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see where they're coming from um, with that. Um, I don't know for sure, um, but that is an argument that I could say people could make. Um but I'm just curious about it, you know, because um, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of research on relationships, but I know it is hard for a lot of researchers even to think outside of the social norms. So usually when we address this kind of topic, it is from the same thing that I just asked of like, oh, like, you know, like people asking, you know, why is the divorce rate so high, you know, and you know, like, what does marital satisfaction look like, relationship satisfaction look like, and because I've been watching this, or re-watching this, um, Indian matchmaking, uh, series on Netflix, the two seasons of it, um, on Netflix, you know, a lot of questions are coming up about relationships and marriage, and especially because I, um, have a lot more time and energy on my hands <laughs> you know I'm actually like questioning a lot more content that I'm consuming even if it is Netflix I'm like oh I have some ideas about this that you know I'd like to explore um either with myself or others or just just put ideas out there I like I'm I you know I don't really know sometimes like I'm open to opinions like I do have my opinions on stuff but I'm open to changing my opinions based on what I learn. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't call that being like wishy-washy, but it's kind of sometimes I'm like, ah, well, if there's new information, you know, there's nothing wrong with like changing an idea, but you know, I'm pretty solid in some things that I think. And then other times I'm like, ah, cause you know, there's usually people believe what they believe for a reason usually it's not just like they pull it out of thin air so like if people can like provide an argument like I'm not trying to like debate everybody and fight th- about things like I don't really care but it's like 
you know, people can provide information from their side that's not just purely based on, like, emotion and not, like, actually looking at different points and making, like, valid points about things. Like, once people provide valid points, then I'm like, huh, you know, like, I can adjust my thinking about stuff. And that's kind of where I'm coming around with this question is, you know, what is, I don't, I don't really know anything too much about divorce. Um, I was raised in a culture where people aren't really expected to divorce. Um, there was always a lot of judgment around people who were divorced. Um, in our household, I remember, um, there were two people that I I knew growing up, um, one family, the parents divorced, and I think I heard about it through someone else, um, and I was sad for them, I was like, man, like, this person was a friend, and, you know, it's not uncommon that people, parents might divorce once their kid goes to college, or once the kids are all out of the house, um, and then another person, I, you know, I remember, yeah, I remember my parents bringing up that those people had divorced, and then I myself, um, you know, have another friend that's really close, and, you know, I remember when their parents were divorcing, um, they kind of were open about it, and I was just like, damn, that sucks, you know, and, but they were like, don't tell anybody, and so I didn't say anything, you know, and then, you know, maybe like a year later or something, one of my parents mentioned it, like, oh, did you know about this and that, and I was like, yeah, like, this is, like, old news, you know, and and they're like, oh, how did you know, why didn't you say anything, like, why am I gonna say anything, (laughs) you know, I love these people, I love their parents, I love that friend, you know, and their siblings and stuff, I was like, why would I go out of my way to, like, spread that sad information, you know, it's like, and I know a lot of people, how I grew up in a religious environment, kind of look at other people's relationships, and they're like, oh, like, is their relationship solid, like, there was a lot of, like, pressure around marriage, and I I know so many people who divorced, and I don't really, I mean, I just, I'm usually just sad for them, because I know that that can't be easy, I mean, you know, it's already hard enough to find somebody, and then investing all that, you know, emotion, and time, and energy, and everything for it to not work out, and then you have all these people in your business, and, like, you know, usually it's not, like, I'm pretty sure it's not easy. I'm, I think it's probably a traumatic experience. It's kind of like, not. I, I don't know, you can't like relate experiences that are completely different, but I would think it's like losing a loved one. Like it's like a death of a person. It's a form of a death, like a death of a relationship. Like I think it's, not, I think even breaking up with somebody who, even when you're dating somebody, when you're like, you kind of know, like, eh, this is just kind of for now. And, uh, we're still doing this and there's still pain involved with that and so I can't even imagine you know being with somebody I can't I just can't imagine it but um that's been my experience of how divorce comes up is just like people just you know in the environment I was in a lot of times people were more judgmental about it but it is pretty common 
Like I mentioned before, I don't know that many people who have two-parent households. Um, and if they're not formally divorced, they're separated. And if they're not uh, formally separated, you know, a lot of people I know, just they're pretty technically separated. Or people that might, like, have, like, a like a relationship dynamic that isn't necessarily, like, they're getting along in their marriage and working things out in their marriage, like, things aren't going well, and so that tends to be more common themes, even if there's, like, if you don't count divorce, there tends to be, like, a lot of other themes that are still kind of, like, um, just a lot of not helpful kind of spouse situations going on that I notice, you know, um, so I take that and then I compare it to the people who have maybe loving, solid, um, relationships, not saying that it's always like no arguing, nobody ever fights, nobody ever hurts anybody's feelings, everybody's perfect, when I take dynamics like that, you know, I feel like there's a lot fewer of those that I notice, and again, I'm not trying to be judgmental, I'm just saying, I just don't know a lot of them, um, uh, and I wonder why, I wonder what it is that's contributing, um, and I do wonder if something, something that I've noticed in this Indian matchmaking show, there are two things, maybe more, but two things that I've kind of noticed that, um, and maybe I'll do like a little series on this topic because I feel like if I try to unload all of this information in one episode, it's going to get like way too lengthy and too unfocused, um, but I also feel like divorce is such a controversial topic because most people are taught that you're not supposed to divorce. But I do wonder if marriage, like there are cultures out there where you don't really marry like that. Um, or that the divorce is a little bit different than it is in this country. So um, I know there are at least a couple um, indigenous American tribes that um when they divorce the woman gets everything if it's a male and a female the woman gets everything um and so the divorce rates i think aren't as i don't know i, I don't remember the numbers so i don't want to even like guess cuz i can't remember but i think there is a difference with the divorce rates and there's also a difference with the marriage rates because it's like you know if you think about if somebody divorces and then they're going to have, if you're a guy and you're marrying a woman and you're thinking if you divorce, somebody's going to get all your stuff. They get the house, they get the car, they get the, everything. And you basically have to single move and leave and go your separate way and remake your own life. Uh, so it kind of deters people from not being, you know, together. And it kind of would potentially... Um, promote people, you know, to want to be faithful or need to be faithful and, you know, I don't know if appease is the right word, but to need to be um, more connected with their wife so that she wouldn't want a divorce. Because if she wants a divorce, I think she still gets all the stuff. 
Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm not very uh, well educated on that, but that's something that I learned about probably somewhere near the end of 2022. Um, I learned about that information and I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, so, um, I mean, there's so many layers to this because I'm only really talking about like, if you're talking about cis straight couples, I mean, like we can go into all kinds of dynamics here, but it's like, if you're talking about cis straight couples, I wonder like, why is the what what is the impact on the divorce rate like why or what is the impact on even the 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 combination of things so i want to say i'm going to put in there divorce separation people who are still married or so i i'd say with separation you can be separated like formally separated like legally or you can be like informally separated like you're technically separated but you're not like legally separated but you're kind of not really doing a traditional marriage you're still not in like a traditional marriage like you don't live in the same house you have separate houses something like that would be like you know not a traditional like most spouses live together but why you know like there was there was somebody on um Ashley Gavin's podcast that I think she was dating or engaged and kind of brought up the idea about living in a in a separate house from their I don't know if it was her spouse. I think she was a straight female and had a husband and wasn't living with him, but they weren't separated because they were like newlyweds and they had their own houses. And it's like, I know in most cultures, people move in together, but I feel like, you know, what is, what would be a problem with having a separate house? You know, if that's what works for you, I mean, there definitely have to be conversation around it. And I'm pretty sure you'd get some probably like weird looks from people in your community there might be some people being like what are you doing you know (laughs) or challenging like the strength of the relationship I could see that people would be like oh that relationship isn't good because these people aren't living in the same house kind of thing um but I mean I don't I don't know I I don't know um I could see that it could work um but I do think both people have to want the same things to some extent without a lot of deal breakers there. Um, but I do wonder, I, I just mostly am wondering, you know, what is it that contributes to somebody uh, leaving, uh, like fully getting a divorce, somebody le- leaving, like separating formally or informally, or someone still married, living together, and just having, like, an unhealthy marriage, uh, a lengthy unhealthy marriage. Like, I know there's always going to be roadblocks. There's always going to be stuff that comes up. It's not going to be perfect and candy and rainbows all the time. But it, it's like, you know, what makes that happen? I don't know. Um, I think communication, I mean, we all say communication is key. But I think, too, one thing... Um, so, okay, in this Indian matchmaking show, bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen any of it, but in that show, they look at things that I notice, at least in my, in my dating experience, I don't really look at those, I haven't really looked at those things, or even if I do, it's not something that I, you know, am actively, like, 
going in a method about about in a method this way um so um I talked about it a little bit before in another episode but um the parental involvement um that's definitely one thing that I've noticed um the parental involvement is something that um, like the level of it anyways um, is something that I haven't seen a lot of um, sorry that water bottle's crinkly <laughs> I'm still trying to hydrate and I just drank a little coffee so um, it's I can feel that I need to hydrate more um, but yeah I I the family involvement in the dating life, at least, you know, in the current age, in Western American culture, um, at least where I live, in Southern California, um, usually the first date you're not meeting the family, meeting the parents. That's not a norm. It's very independent. American dating is very just like, you do it, that is what you do. I think a lot of us as adults know, you know, if we have communication with our parents, we know what they would want for us. We know what they would expect for us. Um, but they're, they don't tend to be that involved that early. That's one thing that I notice, And that's not the only thing I noticed, but going off of that, like to extend that a little bit further out, um, the dynamics between the adult children and their parents tend to be a little different than maybe some of the Indian, um, like from India, Indian, um, families in this show. Like a lot of them live in Western culture, um, work, live together, been married 20, 30, 40 years, uh, the parents have been, um, and they look at, you know, they, like, basically, um, they, I'm having trouble focusing, sorry, they basically look at, um, What was I saying? Let me back up a little bit. I'm lost. Um, So looking at the parents, you know, involvement, usually they're not involved on the first date. Um, And then going further from that, you know, usually the dynamics between the parent and the children, the adult children, um, are a little... um, they're just distant on the expectations, I guess you would say. Like, I think there's preferences, um, but it's like, I think, I could be wrong, but I think in most Western American households, families, 
a an adult child is allowed and um able to marry somebody um that the parents don't approve of don't agree with don't like for some reason or another um or you know like they're not looking for the same things um and the the child is not trying to like i don't i gotta look up maybe this word appease but the child is not trying to collaborate with the parent on or the parents or whatever on the parents and their siblings on this date at least not at the first date or the very beginning first dates there's usually not a lot of that like okay so i'll give an example so take all that let me give a whole example and compare and contrast this kind of example right so use a typical American Western person using a dating app compared to in this Indian matchmaking show this lady who's a matchmaker her name is Seema and it's her job to gather what's called bio bio data she gets information about this person and so those parts might match up right they might that seems like a similar process like dating apps have a form of bio data but i do notice some differences between them and i'll explain that so dating apps which isn't the only way people date but that's at this point i feel like it's so uncommon to find somebody who never looked through an app if you're not looking at apps school through work people that your friends through work or school know and just meeting people out in the community maybe through like sports and other kinds of like local events i don't know how people are are finding dates if they're not using any of those or dating apps i don't know what other methods there really are uh i know people go to bars and clubs and meet and stuff like that but i don't really know if that's like a thing that people actively do that just to only meet people to try to date them and see if they're going to get married i think it's more like you find them just kind of naturally in your day-to-day habitat you know um so um if we look at the dating apps um usually it's an individual person so if i'm on a dating app i will make a profile and it says, you know, my age. It's got some pictures of me that I choose myself. Um, maybe other people have input, maybe friends. But usually it's not like my parents are going to be sitting down with me, putting all my information in there. Um, a lot of times you don't really put your profession. You don't really put your educational background. Some apps or websites, you might do that. But I'm talking particular this like casual ones, just the ones that you can get off like the app stores or whatever. And there's different kind of themes with the apps. Like I know there's one where like the women choose, they're the ones who make the choice. And then there's other ones where it's like, I think Hinge. So I think Bumble is the one where the women make the choice. I think Hinge is the one. And this is like for cis dating. So there's definitely more layers to this. And then cis, cis straight hetero life, you know, um, there's 
and I'll talk more about the queer stuff too, but I'm just talking, it's just easier to start this way. Otherwise there's just so many different levels that we're talking about here that I, I can't organize it in my head. So basically there's the information that I would put would be my age because you put your birthday um, in the app to to start and so it automatically generates your birthday as your birthday you know once your birthday changes you don't change it it changes itself you post your own pictures I think the app that I use it makes you verify your picture so you have to send a picture of yourself a selfie of yourself a recent selfie so it verifies in your account that you're actually who you say you are and then it shows if your account is actually specifically verified or not so there's that um there's um man this is a complex topic um (laughs) Uh, but I want to know what people think, you know, I really do, I'm curious to know what people think about this, so they, uh, you know, I would choose those few things, I would choose, um, you know, yeah, which pictures, I think you can have six or eight pictures or something, I would choose, um, you know, it's preferred to make sure your account is verified or else people are going to think you're a bot or you might get less promotion or whatever. Um, Usually, if you purchase the app, the subscription, you're going to get access to more levels. And so you get access to maybe going back to people that you had deleted or, or swiped left on you get access to going back through those people versus like a one and done kind of situation. Um, when you swipe left, it's like, whoops, you know, I've swiped left on people that I was like, wait, I didn't mean to swipe left. And then it's like, okay, if I'm in the free version, I can't really do anything about that. It's like, eh, just wait and see if it comes back around again. Um, I think when I first started using this app, there wasn't a lot of pre-filled information that you can click like these like radio buttons that or whatever that you could like or pull down menus where you could click categories so i think you pick your gender you and there's a lot of different gender i options there's a lot of different sexuality options so i could choose all kinds of stuff i could choose all types of you know uh sexuality options I could choose, you know, what I'm there for. There's usually multiple types of options, like uh, what type of relationship, looking for, you know, poly relationships, looking for just friends, looking for partners, monogamous, whatever. Um, if you like to drink or smoke and your your sign and, you know, do you want kids, uh, pets, no pets, do you smoke? Do you drink? Um, and then, like, do you want somebody who does those things? Um, you know, and then there's space for you to, like, fill in some other types of information. Like, 
favorite like music blah blah blah, that kind of stuff um and then you can kind of write about yourself your personality and whatnot um there's other stuff too but it's like that's generally how a profile looks and you're usually going by the picture um that's the first thing you see is the picture with the age and i think the gender identity and their sexuality so say for example I could be swiping around and the first person might be a trans male that looks Caucasian in the in the front profile picture. Maybe their age is 36. Um, and that's basically what you see first. So if you don't like that, you're usually not going to go past that page. But you can swipe and go in or just add them as a friend or whatever the heck version of whatever you want to do. You can do all those things. Um, but that's what you can do. And then, um, so comparing that, that's just an early stage, making a profile. If you see the show, uh, SEMA has, I'm going to be drinking water throughout this because I need to hydrate because I'm leaving soon. Um, SEMA has... Uh, um, what's called biodata, which is a profile of a person. It's usually like a one pager. Um, and usually that one pager is what she takes to the per the her clients in person. So all these clients she has male clients, she has female clients. And she has bio data on all of them. So what a bio data page looks like is a small picture. I think it's like a single picture. You don't get like a whole six or eight pictures. It's a single picture. It's not like pictures with your dog and pictures at the beach and pictures having drinks. It's like one picture of you, almost like a LinkedIn profile type of thing. It's a good representation of how you look. Um, but it's not like at a boozy brunch kind of thing. It's like it's not professional but it's like you think people's parents are looking at this too so the first part of the process is she she okay so she gets she gathers this bio data and it shows the one picture it shows information like the age height uh name for sure where they're from languages that they speak profession um education i think it's like education like major and like education level like bachelor's master's whatever um religion um i think the dating apps have that too they have like if you have a religion um um it has most of the major religions as options and um i think it has height as well it doesn't really have profession and major and all that kind of stuff um, you can write it in, but it doesn't have that. And most people don't put that in there. Some do, but m- the majority don't. Um, so you, you're already starting out not really knowing, you know, the financial kind of overlook of things when you're getting involved with somebody. And the pictures, it's like you see the kind of fun stuff that they want you to see. 
you know, or maybe even the professional side, but it's multiple different little sides that they show you and you're kind of making an opinion usually based off that, based on the app. So more stuff in the bio data, they kind of have like a paragraph about themselves. It's like, I moved to Dallas when I was 20 and I'm 36 now, lived here for 16 years, you know, you know, got a master's and a bachelor's in whatever professions, you know, I like to run and rock climb and, you know, this would be like an example, like, uh, you know, my parents are from, you know, uh, Bangladesh and, you know, they moved here, um, they have the house, their house in, uh, San Diego, California, and, um, they have two dogs, and my sister and brother live with my parents, they're whatever ages, and both going to school, and, like, you know, you're learning about the family, you're, they're learning about your, um, professional kind of information, um, a lot of practical stuff, you know, like, maybe even like deal breakers like I don't want somebody who smokes I don't want somebody who drinks or like I'm vegetarian but I'm open to somebody who's not so that's already how the profiles look right they're already way different and then you go they go in so the next stage I would see that's different is you would go in you know usually as a western american you know, using a dating app, you're just swiping around by yourself. You're usually not getting input from any old body. You're just swiping um, based on what you see and what is being presented before you. And you're hoping to God that this person isn't like real weird or real strange or real like too much, you know, or a bot. Um, and you're hoping to at least get an engaging and engaging enough chat with somebody to a point that you can even get to a place where you actually meet so (laughs) that's usually stage one meeting like it's already complex you can choose somebody that might not choose you or people might choose you and you might see that you have people matching with you and you might not even be interested so you're not going to even start talking and so even just getting the conversation started Um, Now, something I noticed in the queer apps, at least with the ones with women in them, uh, like her, her is a major app. I think it's probably one of the more popular apps that females use uh, for females dating females or females that aren't necessarily looking for cisgender straight men. Um, Usually that would be the app that most people are on. Uh, it's not the only one. I've heard of a lot on Hinge and Bumble as well and Tinder. Um, I think those are, I think Hinge is newer. At least I heard of it more newly. I think Tinder's older. At least it seems to have more of a classic representation. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, so you, you go there, right? And you're already trying to just like meet you know that's already a battle in itself is for you to have good enough judgment to pick based on these pictures and this wording 
uh, of someone that you've never met, that's never met anybody you know, versus the Indian matchmaking show, Seema has met all these people. She's met all the people that she has the bio data on. She's met the people that she's presenting the bio data to. And so usually you're swiping. Who knows how long it takes with the swipes? Who knows how many people you swipe left on and how many people you swipe right on before and, and chat with them before you actually meet with the person? Who knows? Uh, and you have to be pretty active on the apps because I notice if you're just like here and there about it, you're not usually f- going to even uh, get any conversations going and you're likely not going to meet anybody uh, that way. So you kind of just start swiping basically and see what happens. <laughs> it's just like a Hail Mary kind of situation. Um, so you swipe around, best case scenario, you chat back and forth with somebody. It's usually not like, let's meet tomorrow. It's usually like, at least let's wait till the next, this, the upcoming weekend. That's usually pretty soon or the following weekend or maybe even a weekday type thing. But usually I've noticed, at least from my own experience, you're not even meeting right away. It's like, there's at least maybe a week or two, three days, maybe minimum two, three days that you're chatting with someone, usually maybe about a week of a little back and forth, trying to like vet this person a little bit (sighs) through chatting on text chatting. Not everybody's good at text chatting, first of all. Not everybody likes doing it. Um, Not everybody's skilled at it. Not everybody wants to do it. So I feel like that's a terrible way to have to first meet somebody is through a dating app is because there are plenty of people that even with texting and emailing and phone calls in general, don't want to do any of that, even if they're perfectly good people and would be perfectly fine matches to date and would be really, really great people. Like I've dated plenty of people that hate texting, plenty of people that hate phone calls or even like video chats. I've dated plenty of people who are great in person, but, you know, the text game is really not there, you know, um, and I respect that, you know, you know, everyone has their right to their preferences, um, but some people just aren't into it, so, like, how do you even tell if you want to meet with somebody who just doesn't like to text, if that's the way that they're on the app, because that's an easier way to kind of find people without actually having to go out and go around, you know, if they don't like to text, how are you going to tell if they're going to be okay in person? And so usually, at least for me, you know, if I match with somebody, I would, I don't really boldly ask people this, but I would like to know, okay, what is it that you were seeing that why you chose to match? Because we both saw something, right? That would be kind of the first place. Like, in person, I would talk about that. But if we even get to in person, that's kind of the earlier conversation. Like, how's your experience with this app? And why why did you choose me? Kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Um, but, again, I'm doing this by myself. I'm not, like, with my parents on the dating app, sitting on my phone, are on the computer next to them and swiping left or right based on their input 
and my input. I don't do this with friends next to me. I don't do this with siblings next to me. I'm solo doing this. Okay, the process with the Indian matchmaker. She has met these people already. And she takes the biodata paperwork to the family. So say, for example, it's a woman looking to meet a man. She already has interviewed this woman what kind of things are you looking for in a guy you know she's looking for 36 to 42 age range she's looking for hindu religion doesn't have to be hindu but understands the religion whatever kind of languages that this person speaks would like to live in this kind of area um so practical things practical things about life not like what do I do in my free time I like to fish at the pier and snowboard and you know you know kind of more practical things that she's focused on yeah there's the hobbies there too but focused on you know okay this woman wants somebody who's family oriented like actually wants to spend maybe every other weekend with the parents I don't know what family oriented it looks like in that culture but I would say in American culture Western American culture most most uh adult children don't spend every other weekend with their with their parents that would still be a lot i think culturally and not even in a negative way i'm just saying i don't know anybody who spends that much time like most people i know live very far away from their families uh from their parents uh and see each other maybe during holiday times if that um and there's nothing wrong with that, but, um, yeah, and their their parent involvement is not usually from day one, you know. So usually she, uh, Seema is sitting with the, say, the girl, the woman in this point, and the woman is saying what she wants. And oftentimes, I don't know if it's all the time, but oftentimes... She, this conversation is happening with her parents right there maybe even a sibling you know it's kind of like a basic little interview so she's meeting this woman she's asking what she wants you know and she's giving a list of things and she usually says you're probably going to get 60 maybe 80 percent of what you want but you're not going to get all this you know she wants a guy that's like 6'1 and you know does all these different kinds of hobbies and all this other kind of stuff and you know and then she I don't know if she does the same day or the next meeting she brings what's called a biodata page so she brings the biodata information um and presents it to this woman as well as her parents and maybe siblings or whoever else is there now sometimes it's not parents sometimes it's like aunts and uncles sometimes it's uh, siblings and, uh, in like sister, brother-in-laws, like sometimes the families aren't, can't be available or are in a different country or whatever, but oftentimes the parents are definitely involved. Now, this is definitely a big difference in American culture because we don't tend to have our families involved from the very beginning, even when you start looking and when you start dating, that is probably the biggest difference I'm noticing here. Um, and I'm not saying that their relationships are like better or more quality or whatever, but 
um, you know, they do have the reputation of arranged marriage or a process with a matchmaker involved being more successful for a longer period of time of marriage versus the average American three-year or so period, um, which I don't really know. I mean, I'm not, like, up to date on all the, like, information, but this is what I'm knowledgeable on, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so, yeah, the parents aren't usually that involved. Um, you're, you know you're doing this solo versus having the family kind of very involved from day one. So let's talk about day one. You finally get a date from swiping around these apps or from going to meetup groups or from playing like flag football or having your like, you know, workout family or your hiking buddies or whatever it is that you do. And you find somebody that you kind of like and you want to kind of get to know them and you kind of ask them to come meet you at a at a place and let's have coffee, let's have dinner one-on-one or even like let's do maybe two or three of us. Let's go out, kind of hang out because I think, you know, if you think in your mind like I might like this person, usually even if you don't go through a dating app, your parents aren't involved in this. Your siblings are involved with this. It might be like people from your team, people from, you know, your friend group, your coworkers, uh your whatever. Uh, and so usually even if you're interested and you do open up to, to other people about this, usually it's not like your family members that you're like, oh, like I'm on this sports team and I'm going to invite this person out and then invite that person from your sports team to come over and meet your parents and your siblings before you go out for just even a cup of coffee. Usually that does not happen. Usually you're out, you meet people on your own. This is very a very independent process. So maybe the problem is that having an independent process without anybody else involved, somebody involved, people involved with good motives that have a good track record of already being married 25, 35, 45 years, maybe that, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe, I don't know, I'm... I didn't mean to sound like that tone, just like maybe that's what's going on, like I know, but maybe that's what's going on, possibly, that maybe our own independent judgment, we don't really see other stuff that other people don't see. Um, so yeah, that's what day one looks like for, you know, the American looking, usually day one is very, um, very independently chosen. Um, for your own strategic and your own strategic method of finding a person and there's very limited involvement of any other people other than like your social circles but not your family so much and you might run it by your social circles but there's a lot of stuff that they're not going to care about you know they're not going to care how tall a person is or how short a person is or what their parents are like you know, they're not going to care if they're family oriented. They're not going to care if, you know, these things won't be deal breakers for your friends or coworkers. If you're dating somebody who, you know, maybe isn't like, you know, from a major that's like having a sustainable wage or, you know, lived in a certain city and proves that they're not just bouncing all over the world. 
like every other six months they're moving somewhere else you know like you know your friends or your co-workers or whatever probably aren't going to catch certain things that your family members might I mean I'm talking about if you have a healthy relationship with your parents and your siblings and you're close to them already and they have your best interest at heart and they're not just being judgmental or jealous or anything like that so um and i some ideas to throw out there you know it's just something i'm noticing i don't know like i said i could be wrong i might be right you know but first first interactions usually you're meeting like i mentioned um You know, in American culture, that's how you meet people, very independently. Um, in this Indian culture, you know, in this show, people are meeting with a lot of family involvement very early on. And a lot of people can tell in the first date or second date or third date if they're really even interested. Versus dating somebody and dragging it on for like a couple months you know, usually it's like there's other people. They're following up with you about your dates. Your family members are like, how was the first date? They met this person right before you left to go on your very first date. You're interacting with one another. They all get a vibe for the person. Even if everybody's nervous, they all get a vibe for it. And then this person, you know, goes out on the on the first date and consults with the parents, the family, as well as... Um, Sima, the matchmaker, and she only gives them maybe like two or two or so choices or three choices, and the person chooses one person to go out on a couple dates with, see if they kind of get a vibe that early. We don't have anything like this in our culture, you know. It's like you're just kind of rogue, like just figure it out independently and hope to god it works you know but we don't have anything like that so and then you take queer culture and queer situations and it's like god you know um so one thing i noticed on the app with women is that because they say strategically women don't really make the first move or whatever they might tend to be more passive you know it can be kind of hard to get people to like you're not like fully opening up on the app of course but even to get somebody to ask somebody out to the point where you're going out like usually you I I don't want to say you usually I assume if somebody's on a dating app they're on there because they want to meet people they're not on there because they want to text on the app I mean if they want to do that there's other apps where you can go But if you're on a dating app, usually it's because you're looking to date. Now, sometimes people aren't looking to date and they're looking for friends. But then you also have the people that are straight people. You know, they're women, but they're straight women on gay dating apps saying that they're looking for friends. I've come across those and it becomes a very confusing situation, you know, where it's like in my head, I'm like, what is going on? Like. And I've noticed sometimes it seems to me that those people are maybe a little bit, I could be wrong. 
So I'm not trying to be offensive, but in my own personal experience, every time I've dated a person who was straight and on a dating app that's with queer people and looking for friends, they tend to have this kind of, they like the attention, they like how it feels to be around other females, and they're kind of playing with the idea, maybe a little bit questioning um, maybe comfortable in that environment a little bit, but sometimes I found, you know, they don't even want to go to queer spaces, like, I'm sitting here hanging out at, like, straight bars with a straight girl, you know, trying to go out on a date, it's like, it doesn't feel normal to me, it's like, you're straight, like, I don't even know what we're doing here, like, you know, and we're friends, but then sometimes they're, you know, it's just, I don't even want to talk about it, but basically it's, I'll talk about it, but not here, not right now, not right now. Um, I want to focus, but there's just a lot of confusion, I think, in today's dating world, um, and these relationships turn into marriages or long-term part, long-term partnerships, and it's hard, I think, to work from that base versus what I see in the Indian matchmaking show. It sounds like there's a lot more practical involvement on important things, focusing on, you know, the connection, you know, does this person have a romantic connection, physical chemistry, do they value the same things? And this is early on, we're talking about values, not just like, can we go party? Let's go turn up. That was really fun. Let's do that for a couple of months, you know, and then get to know each other. You know, it's like, you know, they're having serious conversations early on. Do you want kids? You know, if a person doesn't want kids and you really want kids, how are you going to keep going on dates and expecting to get married for that to work out? Um so things like that but um I don't know I uh I'm gonna keep playing with these ideas um but I do see something something's going on it's obvious to me that something's up uh I need to eat something real quick and get ready to leave because I got plans I got a drag show to be at gonna go see Landon Cider tonight and uh um all right thanks for listening